Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. I'm excited about this video because in this video, I'm going to talk about seven ways you can protect what's valuable to you. So if this is a video and it's your very first time and you feel like it's going to be a benefit to you, think, make sure you keep watching the video and make sure you subscribe. I would love to have you part of my community here online. I would love to be your coach online. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time, whether it's been for 13 years or 13 minutes, ever since I've been on YouTube, I want to say thank you so much for being a subscriber of mine. I hope these videos continue to be a blessing to you encouraging you and helping you be um, the person you need to be. But let's get right into my notes. I don't have too much time. I want to make sure I get right into these points because I really do believe these points are going to be beneficial and impactful to so many of y'all. But the verse that I want to make sure that we understand and, and, and anchor ourselves in in this video is 1 Peter 5a. The Bible says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. It says, be sober-minded again, be watchful. For your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I love this because it gives you a formula. I love when I look at scriptures, I look to find formulas. I look to find out um, how I can apply it. The first thing that we see here is to be sober-minded. The reason why so many of us are, are allowing our, our, our lives and, and very valuable things of lives to be unguarded or vulnerable is that we are too mentally invested or in the wrong things or mentally unstable. We're not sober-minded. We are intoxicated mentally on things that are keeping us from being successful. That's keeping us from being alert. The next portion says, be watchful. We have to continuously be watchful. The issue is many of us, we live more like civilians in regards to believers. We live more like civilians than we do soldiers. The Bible says no soldier entangles themselves in civilian affairs for their uh, a hope or goal is to please the one that enlisted them. But in this life, we must be watchful like the soldiers that were with Gideon when God said, bring uh, uh, all the men to the water and see how they respond. Those who respond by bringing their water to them while keeping their head on the swivel is fit for war. The issue is the reason why we're not winning the wars in our life because we're not fit for war. Our eyes are not fixed. Our eyes are not watchful and our hearts are not prayerful. And it says your adversary, the devil, prowls around like See, the lion of Judah is different than this, this fake lion, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Let's get right into some points so we can get right into, into things that I want to share today. Now, how to protect. My question to you right now is, how attractive are you to the enemy? How attractive are you to the enemy? Now, what I mean by this question is, uh, like I said before in the verse, that the devil roams around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. How attractive are you to the enemy? Are you a delicacy? Are, 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 are you um, um, uh, a piece of cake or uh, or uh, apple pie? Or are you something that makes them, uh, uh, your enemy, look at you like something that is tasteful, something that they want to devour? Let's keep going. Now, the problem is this. Many people are unable or many people are unaware of just how much, ha just how much has been stolen from them by the enemy. Many people are unaware of just how much in their lives has been stolen from them by the enemy. It says, uh, also it says, very important, very important things have been stolen from them due to their poor understanding of value. Let's read it again. And please excuse me for the typo. Many people are unaware of just how much in their lives has been stolen from them by the enemy. Very important things in their lives have been stolen from them due to their poor understanding of value. 
Again, I got these notes maybe uh, 30, 45 minutes ago. So uh, bear with me with any typos, but it's very important we understand the gist. It says that many people are unaware of just how much in their lives have been stolen from them by the enemy. Very important things have been stolen from them due to their poor understanding value. So what this means is simple. is that so many people right now are completely oblivious, <clears throat> completely unaware of just how much in their lives has been stolen. So many of us are caught in these cycles of illusion, cycles of entertainment, and, and we are fixated on these different delicacies of this world system that we are not completely aware of just how much in our lives have been stolen. My question to you is, what is being stolen in broad daylight of your life? What is being robbed from you? What is being taken from you? What is causing you to be so distracted that the most, the most valuable things in your life are vulnerable? It says again that many people are unaware of just how much in their lives have been stolen from them by the enemy. Very important things have been stolen from them due to their importance and value. So a lot of very important things have been stolen from a lot of us. Some of us, our friendships have been stolen. Our, our God-given relationships have been stolen. Our, our, our money has been stolen. Our time has been stolen. Very important things have been stolen from us due to us having a poor understanding of value. Let's go to the next point. The enemy devours his prey thoroughly. The enemy, we're not just talking about Satan because Satan is not omnipresent, but the enemy devours his prey thoroughly. What I mean, he chews thoroughly. He just doesn't swallow. He chews us. He, he breaks us down until we're able to be digested and destroyed. It's, it's a systematic process by which the enemy devours us. It's, it's not just something that happens in a day. Uh, these things, uh, these uh, uh, plots and plans have been uh, um, uh, uh, um, developed over time and just how uh, how we can be devoured. That's why the Bible talks about um, lust and how no one can say that when they're tempted, they're tempted by God. For the word of God says, for each man or woman have been tempted or drawn away by their own lust and enticed. And what happens is it's been a systematic process that is causing us to be devoured over time to the point to ensure that that purpose and, and destiny is, is unattainable. The enemy knows that if I attack you one day uh, um, and, and it's obvious and, and, and redemption can, can really re rescue you. But if I really take my time to chew you thoroughly and break you down to the point to where you have no grounds to be able to stand on, then he can keep you or they can keep you from success. Right. So the enemy devours his prey thoroughly. Many people have too many open doors to the enemy. The reason why we are so attractive is because we have too many open doors. I had a lot of young people. Um, or a couple of young people, maybe three or four weeks ago in my Sunday Bible class, they asked me this question. They were saying, um, um, they were just really talking about the systematic approach of the devil, right? Or demons and how they really get us to be destroyed. And I told them, or they was like, um, is the enemy just, just coming in every single day? I said, no. I said, um, a robber, when he or she wants to rob an individual or rob a home, they, they assess um, uh, entry points. Uh, and I said, if a person leaves their doors unlocked every day, if a person had, keeps their windows open every day, they may not be robbed every day, but they'll eventually be robbed one day because they left too many doors open. If, if a robber knows that uh, there's a gun owner here, or if, if, a, if a robber knows that there's a security system here, if a robber knows that this house is protected, that robber is not going to take advantage of that, of that establishment. But if a robber begins to see over and over um, 
a myriad of days that these doors are open and locked. This person uh, uh, has a habit of keeping these doors open or keeping these windows open or keeping these doors unlocked, then what they're going to do is they're going to eventually approach. And the issue is we have so many open doors and it's clear to them. So you have to understand the spiritual world is more real than the physical. They can obviously look at your life and see what doorways are open through your habits. They know exactly how to approach you. They know exactly they keep walking by your life long enough. They're going to know that, okay, I, I can I can gauge the, the fervency of the individualization of God. I can gauge their, their focus on God. They know. See, you can worship and praise and do all these different stuff in church. You can talk all the Christianese that you want, but they know if you're really connected or not. They know whether or not you're on fire or not. They know if it's real. They Even in the word of God, they said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? So we can fake all day. We can fake humans all day, but you can't fake demons. You can't fake God. You can't fake demons. You can't fake those who recognize real. So don't get so caught up in people who look the part, but they are being devoured by parts, right? And, and, and what we fail to realize is that, that we have all these open doors and open windows, and we're wondering why we get away with stuff for a period of time, but it's on that seventh time they walked by your door, they came in, right? Let's keep going. Many people have too many doors uh, to the enemy uh, open. Many people have too many open doors to the enemy. Next point. The enemy is always looking for ways to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy doesn't give up. Our enemy, demons, individuals that are demonically controlled, this world system is programmed to steal, kill, and destroy, period. The mission statement, the vision statement of, the, of, the, of, of hell is to steal, kill, and destroy, period. But so many people, they just look as if the devil is not who he is. That's why the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. We have to understand that he is and they are on assignment. And in this day and hour, their assignment has increased. Their, their, their objectives has, have increased. And, and if we haven't decreased to allow Jesus to increase, then we'll continue to lose. We'll continue not to have any increase in the lives. But you have to always be understanding that he's looking for ways to steal, kill, and destroy, to steal your time, to kill your hope, and destroy your purpose. Let's continue, because I have a lot of points I want to cover. Now, the enemy wants to steal your five things. These five things, or 10 things here, because I doubled each one. The enemy wants to steal these things. Number one, he wants to steal, S, your saltiness. Your saltiness. He wants to uh, steal your ability to preserve. The Bible says, as believers, we are salt and we are light. The Bible says, if salt has lost its saltiness, it's good for nothing. And so what he's after is our ability to preserve. Men, he is after your ability to preserve your families. Ladies, he's after your ability to preserve your purity, to preserve your, your, your modesty, to preserve your uniqueness. He wants to lose your saltiness because if we are not salty, we're only good to be trampled by foot. So he wants to steal your connection with God. He wants to steal your sensitivity to God so that you'll lose your saltiness. And when you lose your saltiness, everything around you won't be preserved. And so what we have to understand is that we can't be salty, but we should be salted. We shouldn't be so salty and upset, but we should allow ourselves to be so seasoned. And that's why it can't kind of strange when God utilizes everything around for your good to make you seasoned. He used seasons to make you seasoned so that you would be able to preserve for many seasons, right? So the enemy wants to steal your saltiness. He wants to steal your ability to preserve, your ability to steward, 
your ability to 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 produce godly seed through your family to produce um um uh, anointed ministry anointed uh, uh uh giftings the enemy wants to also steal your surplus your money he wants to steal it through addictions. He wants to steal it through uh, poor money management. He wants to steal your surplus. The, the enemy doesn't want you to pass down generational wealth because if you pass down generational wealth to your children's children that you, through your children, have produced godly seed, then the kingdom will be advanced through generations. So he wants to steal your surplus so that you will be broke and that your uh, uh, future generations will be broke and that there will be no money to fund the kingdom of God, nor nor keep uh, godly uh, 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 families striving or thriving. I'm sorry. The enemy wants to also steal your tea, your time. He wants to steal your time because your time equals your life. How much of your time has been stolen away from God assignments, stolen away from time with God? Stolen away from, from, from things more valuable, stolen away from time with your family. So many men and women right now who are entrepreneurial, who are, are engulfed with selfish ambition, these individuals will lose their children. How many men lost their wives? You can lose someone and still be married to them. You can lose a child and they still be in your home and still eat at your dinner table and still have lost them. Because whatever has your time uh, uh, will, will never unwind. Whatever has your focus will always flourish. So the enemy wants to steal your time and there needs to be a priority of our, of our time to make sure that we are giving our time to things that will ensure that we have legacy. He also wants to steal your temperament or your joy. The enemy wants to steal your temperament. My wife's in the building. My wife said, hey man, so good, so true. That's real. The enemy wants to steal your temperament because if he can steal your joy, he can steal your strength. See, there's a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on conditions. Joy is not. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy, y'all don't want me to sing, but this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. If the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Joy can only come from God. Things may make you happy, but only God can make you joyful. And so if you're not content in God, if you're not enjoying God, and he robs that joy because he, because you find your roots in, in, of happiness in people or things or positions or accolades, that he can rob your joy. And then when hope has been deferred or, or joy is not settled, then it causes individuals to be sick. The enemy wants to steal, also steal your E, your energy. If I can take your energy, I can take the next E, your effectiveness. He wants us, he wants to steal your energy through what you eat, through, do, through what you entertain. How many people have been robbed when you look at the end of your week, your, uh, your, uh, what's the thing called your, uh, face, not FaceTime, but, um, how much time you spent on your phone. Now, of course, a lot of people use that time wisely, but how many of us lost a lot of energy because we up late at night watching things that are not going to benefit us, engaging in things that are not going to benefit us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on all these social media uh, things or watching videos. And it doesn't benefit you in this earthly, earthly realm for anything beneficial to the kingdom of God, nor will it benefit you in eternity. But the enemy subtly steals our energy. And then when it's time to go to school, when it's time to be productive, when it's time to actually execute, there's no energy there. How you eat, what you entertain, uh, what you enjoy, will determine the energy you will have going forward. So you have to protect your energy because it, it affects your effectiveness. I want to be effective. I want to be efficient. I want my impact to be premium. 
That's why I utilize my time and energy uh, of energy getting more wise because even in this, because sometimes in seasons, you have to learn how to ma manage your energy. And maybe I'll talk about that tomorrow, how to manage your energy and maybe how I'll talk about that. And I, cause I did a very great, um, we had a great conversation with my, in my Patreon community. And if you want to learn more about my Patreon, you can go to uh, uh, patreon.com and type in Joshua Ezzy. The link will be in the description box below. But in that Patreon, we had a great question about energy, and I'll probably do a video on that. But you want to make, you, you must understand the enemy wants to steal your energy and your effectiveness. Next point, hey, he wants to steal your potential accomplishments. See, potential is an untapped, uh, is un, is an untapped area of achievement. It's, it's what you have the potential to be to do, but you're not guaranteed to do. So the enemy wants to rob your potential accomplishments. The enemy been trying to rob my next book production. The enemy wants to rob my next card production. The enemy wants to rob my next accomplishment because he knows that when Coach Josh produced something, God breathed, it helps other people to breathe. It helps other people succeed spiritually, physically, etc. So the enemy is always going to look for ways to how can I zap that energy that, that he was going to use to write, zap it through this or that by that person or this thing. How can I zap away that potential accomplishment? Because I know if he continues to produce at this level, then, then he will level these devils, right? So the enemy wants to steal your potential accomplishments. He wants to steal what he knows you have the ability to do. That's why it's interesting that when we were brought up at, as a young age, our dreams and goals, our God-given ideas and aspirations were stomped down by people because people are, are utilized by the enemy to make you believe that what you feel uh, fulfilling in your heart won't make enough money. You should be a doctor, lawyer, be all these different things. The devil will even use people that have good intentions for you to call suspension in regards to what God wants you to produce in this world. So the enemy will use people. He'll use society. He'll use people even with good intentions to keep you from accomplishments. And he also wants to steal your awareness. He wants to steal, he wants you to be so distracted by entertainment, so distracted by relationships that he takes away from your awareness, that, that you are not even aware of the spiritual world. You're not even aware of God. You're not even aware of the goodness of God. How many of us are mad at God even in the midst of him being good to us? It's due to a lack of awareness. If we're not aware of God, how will we enjoy God and be content in him? He also wants you to believe that he don't exist. He wants you to believe that demo, de, uh, demonic things are overrated. He don't want you to look at these things as what they are as far as real. So he wants to steal your awareness, your ability to understand and perceive what's really going on. L, the enemy wants to steal your love. Your love for God, your love for yourself, your love for people, your love for purpose. He wants to steal it and replace it with lust or replace it with, with, with hate and envy and jealousy. He wants that replaced. He don't want you to have the love walk. Because if I walk in love, even with the unlovable, if I don't walk in that love, how can I have that person's mind renewed on what real love is? So he doesn't, he wants to steal love from our children. Because, because of divorce and, and rob our children of the love they need to be able to be the people they need to be. He wants to rob us of that love, not only in just unforgiveness or in whatever, but he wants to rob us from actually walking in God's love. He wants us so rooted in fear. He wants to block the, the love of God that will perfect the fear out of us. He also wants to steal from us our links. 
He wants to rob us or steal us from the links or the people that we're connected to. He wants to uh, uh, steal uh, 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 me and my wife's link. He wants that link to be loosened. He wants that link to unravel. He's always going to work at that. That's why my wife and I got to be on guard because he's always going to try to work at that link. I got to break that link. I got to break that connection. I got to break that bond. How can I get Josh linked on another woman? How can I get uh, my wife, uh, his wife linked on another man or linked on these different things and unlinked from each other and unlinked from God? They're always looking to cause uh, uh, disconnection. That's why. Uh, 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 if you have a God-centered uh, relationship, God-centered friendship, guard it, protect it. If it's, it's especially if it's valuable, because he's gonna always try to break links because he doesn't want unity. He want he want disunity. He wants separation. You don't want people coming together. So he's after to steal links. Let's keep going. The enemy wants to steal your saltiness, your surplus, your time, your temperament, your energy, your effectiveness, your potential accomplishments and awareness. He wants to steal your love and your links so that he can kill your hope and destroy your purpose. Because when you have no hope, you're sick. Now, how to protect? How to protect what's valuable? Now, let's in the comments, in the comments, write down some things that are valuable. Let's engage for a little bit. What are some things that are valuable to you? I'm going to give you all an opportunity. And for those who's watching later, feel free to comment below. Right? Let's get in the comments. Those who's watching on YouTube, on Facebook right now, what are some things that are valuable to you? I'm going to give you all maybe a few seconds, 30 seconds to a minute to kind of put in the comment section or what's valuable to you or what's valuable, period. Let's see what we got here. So Lady Otata says, speak, man of God. Thank you. Teach. Thank you all so much for your support. So what are some things that are valuable to you or or that uh, is valuable, period, that must be protected? I know I know there may be a lag. Some people may be watching behind. But if I don't see anything, okay, links, wow, such confirmation. Lady Taylor says, uh, I hear God showing me where my struggle and warfare has been. God gets the glory. Your health. Thank you, Zach. Your health. Your health is very important. It's very valuable. Health equals wealth. So many people are spending their health to get wealth and are not even to be healthy enough to spend their wealth. You see what I'm saying? So health must come first. Nobody just wants to get money or, or get opportunities just to be too sick to enjoy them. What else? Anybody else want to post? What else is valuable? Family. Rosella, Rose, please forgive me if I said your name wrong. Family is very important. It's crazy people spend family to achieve different things, but don't listen. That's why God told me before I even get married. He says, minimize your ministry to the level of your family or beneath your family. It's very important that family uh, comes first, that family is essential because that's where legacy is. Anybody else? One more and I'll keep going. What, are, what else is valuable? Family I need, God's restoring. God can restore anything. God can restore anything. Let's see if we get one more person. Time. My wife says time. Time is valuable. We got to protect it at all costs. Time, how we utilize it amongst various things in our lives. That's right. Time. Very valuable because your time equals your life. Let's keep going. Now, how to protect. How to protect what's valuable in your life. Number one, you must pray without ceasing. You must pray without ceasing. 
In order to protect, you must pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing doesn't mean I got to pray every minute, every hour. It just means that I never go a season without prayer. I don't go days without prayer. I don't go hours without prayer. You see what I'm saying? Praying without ceasing means I'm always connected. I liken it to a phone that we never hang up. You ever been in a relationship before y'all got uh, official, you know, that early stage of relationship where y'all just keep the phone on while y'all doing stuff? It's the early stage of y'all getting to know each other. Y'all just have the phone on. Nobody's hanging up. People falling asleep and the phone's still on. That's what we're talking about with God. I never hang up my phone. My phone is always on. My phone is always on. Me and God are still in contact. We're still on the phone with each other right now. I never hang up my phone. Even when I fall asleep, I know God's still on the line with me. When I wake up, we're still on the line. Oh, sorry, God, I fall. You all right? You there? You see what I'm saying? My wife said, great analogy, baby. See, that's empowerment. Family's important. But we have to pray without season. We can't go days or hours without prayer. We got to stay consistent. We got to stay connected. We can't go days because they know uh, uh, the reason why we got to pray without season because our enemy prays without ceasing. The reason why we must pray, P-R-A-Y, without ceasing because our enemy prays, P-R-E-Y-S, without ceasing. We got to stay on it. We got to stay on it. We we, we got to make sure we may not be able to outwork the devil, but we must always outpower the devil. So I'm not trying to outwork the devil. <clears throat> I'm not trying to outwork demons. Demons, they don't, they, they don't, they don't sleep. So what I'm saying is I, I'm always at an eight-hour deficit with them because I'm asleep. But they can never outpower me because I got the Holy Spirit. They can't out-authority me because I got the authority of God. And those who don't understand their authority, don't understand their power, don't understand who they are, in various hours, then they will be devoured. So I got to pray without ceasing. I got to always keep my phone on. I can't allow uh, being mad at God to cause me to hang up the phone. What's causing you to hang up the phone? I don't want to talk to God right now. He made me mad. We all going to have to go through that phase. We'd be mad at God. There's been time in my life where I've been really mad at God. But the reason why we get mad at God, because God is looking at idols eye to eye saying this is uh, in my spot. And we get mad at God because we don't like the plans of God. But when we, the more we understand God, no matter if he does things that we don't like, we don't hang up the phone. We keep the phone on. So we must pray without ceasing because our enemy doesn't pray, doesn't stop praying without ceasing. So we're always in constant communication with God. He's a present help in a time of trouble and a present help in a time of triumph. I'm always praying. I'm always talking to him. I'm always asking. I'm always acknowledging. I'm always communicating. Next point. You must audit your perception of value and exercise practice warfare. Now, what does that mean? I got to audit my ability to perceive value. I got to audit it. Holy Spirit, show me in my outlook. Show me in my perspective, in my mind, where I have a poor understanding of value. So I got to ask, what is, I got to audit it. What is my true perception of value? Why do I love this more than this? Why do I love this number seven thing? And the thing about that, I want to get to the next point. It says pin and prioritize your value list. See, the issue is we're giving too much energy and time to the, a number seven thing. And that number seven thing is receiving, receiving what the number one through three need. You hear what I'm saying? So the issue is it's not about if what's on our list is bad. It's just that the order is in, by which it's receiving. I'm just text real quick. And so, so, so we got to prioritize our value list. Our value list got to be in order. God, myself, my wife, my family, my ministry, and everything else. But if your value list is out of order, then you're going to be giving a number eight thing on your list more attention 
You're going to bring something that should have been number eight on your list. You're going to bring it up to number one. And then what was supposed to be number one, what was supposed to be number two, what was supposed to be number three is starving. It's not flourishing because it's not getting the attention it needs. That's why I pay attention. You will always reap a return. By, you will always reap a return in the things you pay attention to the most. So if I pay attention, which my attention is currency, if I pay my attention to a thing, I will reap from that thing. But I can't get mad when I'm not reaping in an area if I'm not sowing attention in that area, right? So I got to audit my perception of value and exercise practical warfare. Practical warfare meaning is this. Soon as I walk out my door, after I done said all my gratitudes and all that kind of stuff, right? Soon as I walk out my door, I counsel every plot and every scheme of the enemy. Proactive warfare means I'm on your neck first. I'm operating in my authority before I get in my car. I counsel every plot and scheme of the devil right now in Jesus' name. I counsel it. I don't care what mistake I made 20 minutes before. I don't care what mistake I made the night before. I am still a son of God. And your, your level of uh, righteousness doesn't determine your level of authority. So you see, see, just because a son may not be as wise as the next son or wise as the next daughter doesn't mean that son or daughter don't have authority. So the issue is he loves to cause us to be so condemned and, and, and swallowed up by condemnation that we think that, okay, I can't operate my authority. Listen, I'm a son of God. I want, repentance is a gift. Father, I repent for that sin. Help me to, to, to walk away from this in a greater capacity. And I still to that devil, you have no authority over me. I counsel your plot and scheme. And therefore, I don't, I don't get much warfare now. I don't have to worry about reactive warfare. Reactive warfare is that I'm still reacting to the warfare from days ago. No, I'm in proactive mode. No, no, no. I'm not on the defense. I'm on offense. I'm on your neck. I'm counseling. It's done. And if you even come by this house, you're going to get that heat, fam. If you touch my wife, you touch my family, you're going to get that heat. That's why the devil be after me. He don't want me to give him that heat because he knows if I get pissed off enough, if you get too close enough, I'm going to give you that work, fam. We can't be scared of a defeated devil, fam. But proactive warfare says I have the authority. I have the power to cancel your plot and scheme and you can't touch me. And if you by any means get a rock through, you got lucky. I'm on it. I'm assessing where, where, where did, where was the breach? Who's the aching in my land? What happened? What have what has been buried around me that shouldn't have been buried in my heart, etc.? So I got to pray without seeds. I got to audit my perception of value and exercise proactive warfare, and I got to pin and prioritize my value list. Or you got to realize who you are in Christ. You got to realize who you are. That's back to the authority thing. The imputed righteousness of Jesus could push you in right standing with God. That right standing with God should inspire us to righteous living that then aids, it does aid, because a righteous living and rest is great warfare tactics. When you when you allow the imputed righteousness of Jesus to cause you never to forget of who you are in him, then when you walk out into the world and then you are in awe of the fact that Jesus has given you access to the Father and access 
to the kingdom like this, then it makes you want to clean up your life, purify your hands, purify your heart, live a more righteous life. Because it's hard for the devil to defeat someone that's living in righteousness. So that's, that's cool. You got in Peter righteousness of Jesus, but, but something about righteous living and just forsaking and laying aside sins and wait and realizing I got to walk away from this and repent from this and not even live like this, not to get God's love, but I'm inspired by God's love. Then you kind of almost protect yourself, shield yourself from any type of warfare. So you got to realize, come in realization of who you are in him. Knowing that you have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in you to succeed and to protect. And you must release all the internal and external toxins. You got to release all the internal stuff. You, you're, you're, you're vulnerable if you're full of unforgiveness. You're vulnerable. You know, there's no protection there. If you're unforgiving, there's no protection when you're envious. There's no protection when you're in sin. There's no protection when you view yourself contrary to how God wants you to view. There's no protection. But when you, through the Holy Spirit, release those things, release that person. See, forgiveness is giving you the opportunity to go forward. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness doesn't benefit them. It benefits you. So I got to release all internal and external toxins. External toxins is individually toxic people. Mean well, maybe good people. They're just toxic. Toxic mentality. Toxic work ethics. You know? You got you to gotta check your, you got to check the people that you with. Oh, you got to organize and order your life. It's hard to win and protect things. Like, like you got to organize your life and put your life in order. Order it. That's how you protect yourself. Organize your finances. Organize your, your thought life. <clears throat> organize your, your work ethics, your goals. Organize it. Organize it. And get your life in order. Protect yourself. Get get in order. And last but not least, flow in the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Then listen, you're going to be protected in the will of God. It's that's that's a, the safest place in the earth. It's not in a mansion guarded by security. The safest place is not the White House. The safest place is not the Pentagon. The safest place in the world is not Fort Knox or whatever it is. That's the safest place in the world is none of those things. The safest place. Is in the will of God. The safest place is in the will of God because they can have demons infestations where they are, and I can be in a small little house protected. So I got to always be in obedience. That's how I protect the things that's with me. As a man, I got to be in obedience because if I am, if I end up in disobedience with finance or in disobedience when it comes to my money, disobedience will come to my time, it affects everything connected to me. So I got to keep my life organized. I got to keep my life in order. I got to be obedient to God so that my family is protected. How many people lost their lives because one person in their life was disobedient? I don't even know if they disobedient. They just, they just, their life wasn't organized, wasn't in order. Let's keep going. Maybe they didn't lose a life, but they lost a lot. Let's keep going. How to protect what's valuable to you? Exercise proper thinking. Think on things that are above. You got to change the way you think it to protect it. Because what makes us really vulnerable is our thought life. The enemy loves to get through us and to us or loves to get to us and through us through our thinking. Think on things that are lovely, pure, just, all that good stuff. Think on things that are above. You got to exercise. When I put exercise in there for a reason, you got to practice good thinking. 
You just can't wait for good thinking. You can't wait for proper thinking. You got to exercise proper thinking. And you got to think three moves ahead. So if you're in a situation right now, think three moves ahead. A man comes to you right now, young lady. A man spinning game wants to get to know. You got to think three moves ahead. The issue is many people think only what's in front of them. They don't think three moves ahead because the trap is not in the first move. The first move is to get your to get you curious. The second move is for you to make a choice. The third move is to get you in a cycle. That's the three moves. I don't when I'm in face with something, I don't think about uh, um, the curiosity. I don't think about the cleverness of a thing. I don't look at the cuteness of a thing. I don't look at that. <clears throat> I look at what is the potential consequence? What is the potential cycle of this thing? I think three moves ahead. I don't think about the curiosity. Curiosity kills the cat. Before I make a choice, I analyze what's in front of me. What's front and center of my eyes right now? And then I ask myself, if I engage with this person, if I engage with this thing, what will it potentially put me in? It could put me in a consequence that could destroy my family. It could create a consequence that could destroy everything I've ever built. I think about the consequence. So the reason why we're unprotected is because we are so impulsive and impatient and we allow curiosity to kill us. We allow Chris to kill us. We allow Chelsea to kill us because we're curious, right? We got to be content with God so we don't entertain any type of curiosity. When I'm content in God, God, is this from you? But when you're mad at God, don't, don't talk to God. You'll be like, I'm just going to do this because I want to do it. But a person going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, God, is this, is this from you? You handsome, you cute, but uh, um, you ain't from God. So you got to exercise proper thinking and think three moves ahead. E, how to protect what's valuable in your life. You got to involve God in every area of your life. You got to involve him. Everybody talks about how they got God number one. Most of us lie when we say that. It's going to be a daily fight to keep God number one. It's going to be a lifelong fight to keep God number one because seasonally you may keep him in number one, but you got to continue to fight to keep him in number one, right? But you got to involve God. Like I, I involve God in my marriage. I involve God in my ministry. I involve God in my private life. I involve God. God is your greatest form of accountability. The fear of God is the greatest form of accountability. Don't get me wrong. You need other people to hold you accountable when moments you're weak. Don't get me wrong. But when you know that you're going to be held accountable, when you know that you're going to have to answer to God, that don't make you oh tighten up just only, but it should inspire you that I, God's on standby through his spirit to help me, right? So I got to involve God in area, involve God in your business so your business can be protected. Involve God in your marriage so your marriage can be protected. Involve God with your children so your children can be protected. Involve God in your products and your portfolio so those investments can be protected. Involve him. Right? Let's keep going. Also got to keep your eyes open. Don't be asleep, man. And don't be woke either. It's a big difference between being woke and being awakened. Woke may, leads you to be broke. People, people too woke. They idolize wokeness. I'm awakened. I'm not woke. Woke is the is the perverted version of awakening. Awakening, right? So, so the issue, the issue is people are walking in great awokeness, great wokeness, but not walking into the great awakening. The great awakening of coming into myself and being aware of the Holy Spirit and the things of God. So I got to keep my eyes open. I got to be watchful. I got to keep my eyes clear and open and and discerning. That's what I'm talking about. Your discerning eye. Right? Let's keep on. See, you got to audit and make adjustments to your circles. In order to protect things, right? You got to you got to audit and make adjustments to your circles. Who's in your circle? 
if your birds of a feather flock together, see what I'm saying? You got to make a jump to your circle. Listen, everybody got big circles. I don't need no big circle. The number one circle is the Godhead. That's the circle. That circle I'm always, uh, <clears throat> it don't matter what friends I leave. You can't take the big circle away. <laughs> you can't take God from, <clears throat> you can't take the Heavenly Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the big circle. See what I'm saying? You got also, you got all of you. Who's your champions? Who the people you admire? You see what I'm saying? Who who do who are your champions? You got to make some adjustments. Are you looking up to people that ain't even looking up to God? Are you looking up to champions, people who are great in money, great in finance, great in all these different areas, but but not great with God? Who are your champions? You got to make a jump to that circle. Who are your comrades? Your comrades are your friends, your riders. Who are your comrades? Like don't, these are the people that got the strength and the zeal. See, champions ain't always gonna be there. They their 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 inspiration will be there. Their motivation would be there, but they're too busy to be there in your life. They are champions. They may they may they may give you consultation every now and then, but they're not gonna be there like your comrades. You gotta check that circle too. Who are your comrades? Who are your boys? Who are your girls? If you show me your friends, show your future, who are your comrades, and who are your carriers. Carriers are people who who are up under you. Who I had a lot of carriers in my life, and they stabbed me in the back. That's why I don't let I don't let too many people close for mentorship. Nah, because carriers they, they when you become common. When they get comfortable with you, you become common. Watch out who's trying to carry your bag and try to carry your coat, try to carry you. You can't trust them because when you put too much in them, they cut you. Simple as that. Watch out for your carriers. Who are those people that's trying to get Because I'm attractive. People going to want to come into my ministry. People going to want to come connected to me. People going to want to be my friend because they want to like, I want to, can I carry something for you so I could be around you for free? How can I, so I could be around you and get free gems and free knowledge? These fools out here will get close to you and try to copy you. And then when they get comfortable, that's why I don't let people get too comfortable. That's different levels of comfort. See, my wife, all comfort. She can be comfortable. She can be comfortable. I can be comfortable with her. Certain parts of my family, I can be comfortable, but I can't be too comfortable. I can't let them be too comfortable because you got to realize what class you're a part of. You got to recognize your value because you let people get too close and get too comfortable. You let them get too comfortable to you. You become common. Now, all of a sudden, they don't got so comfortable to you. They start treating you differently because again, you got comfortable. You got to keep people. You got to keep people where they you need to put people where they need to be. You got to put people where they need to be. I don't care how much they're trying to rush in to be close to you. It don't matter. You got to keep them where they need to be. Because they're going to try to carry your books. They're going to try to carry your Bible. They're going to try to carry your anointing. They're going to try to carry you. And then when you start divulging yourself to carriers who never had feet where you are, who never been beyond the bears you've been, they're, gonna, they're not going to be able to hold the real you. And then when you become com uh, comfortable to them, they get comfortable to you, you become common. You become like everybody else. And they start treating you like a bum. They start treating you like you ain't the person they, they was attracted to in the beginning. Mm -mm. You don't get comfortable to everybody. And you don't make people comfortable around you. They should be, uh, some people should be walking on eggshells. I don't know if I should. I ain't talking about like, because you got attitude problem. They should be like, uh, I, I, they, they can't get comfortable. They don't even deserve that place in your life. Last but not least, how to protect the valuable things in your life. Take your time. Rushing leads to ruin. The reason why things are vulnerable to the devil because we're rushing. The enemy wants you to speed. The enemy wants you to drive beyond the speed limit. And then you then you outside of God's limits. And then you plummet, right? So don't rush. 
Take your time. Adjust also, last but not least, how to protect what's valuable to you. Adjust your temperament. Adjust your temperament. What I mean by that is don't allow yourself to be in any form of extreme emotion. You got to adjust your temperament, right? And say, you know what? I, I, I got to stay in joy the best way I can. I'm not going to swing to super happiness. I'm not going to swing to super depression. I'm going to adjust my temperature. We're supposed to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Hold on. Yeah, thermostat. A thermostat sets the temperature. A thermometer tells the temperature. I set the temperature. It don't matter how bad my day is, don't matter how bad, whatever. I adjust myself. I think on the goodness of God. I begin, it don't matter how sad I am. I then adjust my temperature. It don't care if I get too hot. I'm getting hot. I'm getting a, 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 a too whatever. I adjust my temperature to where it needs to be set on joy. So that no matter what room I come in, I can either warm it up to where it needs to be. I can warm it up with jokes. I can warm it up with joy. So when people are kind of cold and whatever, I can warm it up. Hey, man, let's go to joy. The Lord is your strength. I can warm it up because I'm set on joy. And if I walk into a hot room, I can cool it down because I'm a peacemaker. See what I'm saying? The issue is the reason why we're not peacemakers is we peace takers. But as a thermostat, if I'm set on joy, if I walk into a cold, dead room, the joy of the Lord, the, the laughter of God raises the temperature. It warms the people. It warms their hearts. My generosity warms the hearts. My, my, my smile warms the heart. The joy of the Lord warms the room. Or if I walk into a room that's hot and is everybody's upset, I can cool it down. Hey, man, let's stop this. Let's be peacemakers. That's how you adjust your temperament and saying, you know what? I'm not going to allow the enemy to swing me to where I'm super cold and sad or super whatever. I'm going to keep myself set on joy. Hope y'all was blessed by this video. I pray you all got something from it. I pray that you are more watchful and more prayerful on how the enemy approaches and, and how he steals. So again, let me repeat these. How to protect what's valuable to you. Praying without ceasing. Audit your perception of value and exercise proactive warfare. And pin and prioritize your value list. Number two, R, realize who you are in Christ and release all internal and external toxins. O, organize and order your life. Flow in the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Number four, T, exercise proper thinking. Think three moves ahead. E, involve God in every area of your life. Keep your eyes open. Six, C, audit and, and make adjustments to your circles, your champions, your comrades, your carriers. And last but not least, take your time. Don't rush and adjust your temperament. Y'all be blessed. Hope y'all got something from this. Um, I got uh, a Patreon. Make sure you check out my For Doers Only Patreon. We had a great session. Um, you can listen to all of our sessions if you become a patron. Um, uh, we have great conversations every Saturday, Lord willing. I'm going maybe in the summer add an extra day where people can just get greater coaching. A lot of people, they ask questions, but they don't get a chance to ask me face to face. And on Patreon, you get a chance to in multiple levels of coaching. So even if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, let me know your budget. But for those who pay a little bit higher, they get a little bit more attention from me. But everybody, even those who pay $8 a month, they get, during that Patreon session, they get one-on-one -on -one coaching from me. And, and so what would have taken five to 10 minutes on YouTube, they may get 20 to 30 minutes of my time. So make sure you check out my, check out my Patreon. Also got books for you. Let me make sure I find my book uh, graphic here. 
I don't have the one for my World War Me, but that's the book that I want you all to take a look at. It's the red book right right on the top, World War Me. On uh, I got to get a graph for that. World War Me is a book on spiritual warfare. So get that book, World War Me. You can go to uh, Amazon right now, type in Joshua Ezzy. And the red book that says World War Me is a great book of spiritual warfare. That yellow book, Counterfeiter Counterparts, is a great book as well. It helps you with discernment so that you could be able to discern what is from God or what's from Satan. And also the purpose of, uh, I got those books here, huh? This book right here is available now, my latest book. Also this book, uh, The Purpose of Freedom, is a book on soul ties and stronghold, how you could be set free from satanic strongholds, etc. All those books and card games are available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Follow the links there. Or if you just want to get straight to the books, go right to Amazon, type in my name, Joshua Ezzy. Or you can go to Patreon and type in Joshua Ezzy. And all that good stuff. Um, I love you all. Hope y'all uh, got something from this video. I'm going to go ahead and go. I hope y'all was blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.